Welcome to this episode of Clarity Generates Confidence. We're here in season five. We're closing it off. We'll be ending our 100th podcast coming in the end of 2023. But I'm so delighted today to have Brent Jensen with me. Brent Jensen is an author, a speaker, podcast host, and the founder of Storyfora. Not only just that, but Brent has also been ghostwriter on my latest book, which will be out shortly after this podcast comes out. And I was so grateful to have Brent on because Brent really was able to capture a voice. But Brent, welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Gary. It's good to see you guys. Yeah, we talked earlier on in the year, and now we have a chance to come back together and put this in. I have a question for you. So I think I can remember part of it. What inspired you to become a writer and get into this business? That's a lengthy story, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember part of it. <laughs> back when I was a kid, writing was one of my favorite things to do. I really, I really took a lot of pleasure from it. And later on in my life, I got into corporate work and kind of always had writing in my back pocket. But I thought a lot about my first book. I'm a big music fan, so that you know, I I thought a lot about how much I valued music, particularly as a kid, and how much I had leaned on it and all that stuff. I grew up in a small town, and I wrote this book about growing up in a small town in the '80s as a big music fan. And I'd written the book kind of from a very personal, conversational point of view about my experiences, not necessarily how much you know the way that music sounded, but more how it felt to me as a listener. So it wasn't like a retelling of history or facts or anything like that. And so I put it out there and just kind of braced for impact. And, you know, it was a passion project and, and it turned out that it did very well. And then, you know, that resulted in a second book and a third book. I was very lucky. And then that turned into a podcast and a speaking career and COVID hit. So COVID wiped out the speaking career, obviously. And so I thought, you know, well, maybe you can use writing as some sort of an implement to bridge this gap that I'd kind of experienced. And so I thought, well, I could write for other people. And I started ghostwriting for folks. And then I created my own little content agency called Story Forum. That's where we are today. Well, if I also recall, weren't you in the financial world too before you got into all of this? Did you did you miss mm -hmm. that part of the story or did I? Because I, I love the transition from what you did to get to come back to your passion. I think that's really important for people to hear. Yeah, and that, that was my space in corporate. I'd work in finance at a, a telco, a telecom. And I did that for, you know, 12 years. And I thought, I don't know if I can, you know, keep going with this all the way through till retirement. You know, I think it was in I was in my early 40s. I, I thought, wow, I don't think I can make it. And so I, I really focused on on the writing and I took a big chance. And I, you know, luckily it worked out. But I mean, my big thing, Gary, was... I didn't want to look back on my life and say, I wish I did that. That was kind of the defining moment for me. And then I said, I'm just going to do it. And it's funny because as I was writing the book, my, my little technique was to put Saturday between 12 and around four or five, you know, and put myself in a little room and, and write. And that's what I did. And so, you know, my wife and my friends were like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm writing a book. And they're like, oh, that's good for you. You're writing a book. Just I hadn't done writing before. I wasn't an yet. You know, so they're like, oh, I'm good for you. And they would say, come on, let's go to the pub or let's go play golf or let's go do this. And I said, no, I, I got to do this for myself. I really want to do it. And then when the book came out and, and you know, everything went the way that it did, they said, well, you actually you did write a book. Good for you. And I was able to, you know, get away from corporate and really kind of entrench myself in this. So the advice I would give people is to stick with it and keep going. 
Yeah, but they know the things you said, and there are a couple of important. One is you were driven by something internally. Now, today we'd call it you were driven by the passion to go and do that. It wasn't because of the money. It wasn't even because you knew that you could do a wonderful job from what you described. It's just you just wanted to do this. And mm-hmm. I totally get not wanting to regret. That's totally understandable. And I, and I wish poor people would follow themselves that way because they can bring so much more value, which you've done and all the, all the things you've been involved in. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not always easy, but I mean, it's, it, it will pay off. It does. Well, what payoffs have you found? And because I think that's, a number of people say what to do. Like I've, I've written two, now this is the third one. And the first one was just about why life and things that happened over 15 years. I just wanted to leave a little story behind. And the second one was to be a bit of a promo and so not much. This one I consider to be far more significant when it comes out. It helped people think about the future. But it wasn't the first two that were really all that important in some respects. So what have you found? What have you found been the value to you and, and to the others you've worked with about being writing? Well, you know that as a writer, the value is not always financial. <laughs> no, it's not. It can cost money to do it. <laughs> You're not going to be, you know, buying yachts after after your books are released. But for me, the, the real value is in is in how differently my life changed. You know, I would find myself at parties after you know working for a week, and people would say, "Hey, what's new?" And I would say, "You know, not really anything." I work for 12 hours a day and I come home and maybe watch a little bit of TV and go to bed. But now, you know, I'm, I'm on the road speaking with people and I'm going to, you know, for example, tomorrow I'm, I'm going to Rick Emmett's house, Rick Emmett from Triumph, you know, I met him through the book and through the podcast. So my life is just so completely different and that's where the value comes from. It completely transformed my life and, and who I was and even how I see the world. It's really... It's hard to describe, Gary. The audience can't see you, but I can just move and have a lot of confidence around you. There's something that's an assuredness about you, which I think brings a calmness to other people that you're working with. And I got to believe your writing had a very big part of that in terms of how you feel about yourself today. Maybe so. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. I feel like when I wrote that first book, I had a very specific thing that I wanted to convey and was not sounding like other books. You know, I've said in interviews before where... I would go to the bookstore and I wouldn't find that book that I wanted to read about music because it was a retelling of history. It was in 1972, Led Zeppelin's Fourth Arc and Cape or whatever it was. It was like, where's the book about how music feels to me, to people? And that's the book that I wrote. And it was almost a conversation between me and Gary, me and music fans. And what I did is actually I put my email address in the back of the book. And it's funny because as the book got out there, people would send me emails from, I got an email from, from Paraguay, from a, a radio host saying, Hey, can we use your book as a giveaway? We're doing this contest about, I don't know what it was, but they wanted to use my book as a prize. And I said, please, I think that's fantastic. I'll send you a copy. And I said, I copy said enough, but it, you know, stuff like that. I mean, it just, I had a very clear vision of what I wanted to do and it just forced me that it just worked out. Yeah. But that's gotta be really cool. And, and what I mean about is that confidence is that writing is really personal, as you talked about, and you, and you have to expose yourself in a lot of ways. And I would say you being far more experienced than I am, but you don't know how people are going to react to it because you become vulnerable and you've laid yourself out there. And I found when people come back, as I did just before we started this, and a couple of comments on, 
on the book, it's really gratifying to say, wow, they really liked it. You know, wow. So we got we have something to say. You had something to say, and that and that people appreciated what you had to say, as I've appreciated reading other people and uh, what they've done and listen to them. So that just brings a little bit of we don't think about it, but I think that brings a lot of confidence and internal inner confidence that you can have those conversations with people now. People don't have to talk about your work at the financial. I don't talk about the importing of rubber products from China because people don't care too much about that. They just they just want to know everything they buy works. And so we just make sure it happens. So it's be something else to talk about. So. <laughs> now you do both. You write your own and you do ghostwriting. So how's that working out doing two different things? You always, have you always got a book on the go for yourself? And you also have a few projects on the go, I'm sure. I have a fourth book on the go right now, but it's been on the go for three or four years now. So it's, I don't know if you'd call it on the go anymore. Just because I wanted to grow Story Fora and, you know, kind of make it into something that was a little bit bigger. And so that doesn't always leave time for your own projects. And if, if it does, then it's just like a Sunday evening when everybody's off doing their own thing or, you know, off time at some point. But I, I focus a lot more on Story Fora now. And, you know, my fourth book, hopefully I can get it out there eventually, but it's it's on the shelf right now. So speaking then of Story 4, which is where my connection with you has come from, and something that was really important for me is the voice, the voice of author. And how did, I mean, you were able to do that with me because I had somebody else write the first one. We didn't like how that sound. And I had a, the first book that I wrote also had a different person write it and she was able to catch my my voice. And you were able to do it. And are you able to adapt to those different personalities or I'll call different voices, um, the stories that you're creating for other people? Well, you were gracious enough to give me a copy of your draft and and you and, and your previous book as well. And you said, so here's kind of, you know, what I'm about and and I went through it. And you know, people have people write in a very distinctive style. And that style is consistent from the beginning, you know, through the the entirety of the work right to the end. So, I mean, if you're paying attention, it's not too difficult to pick up on, you know, writing style, vernacular, diction, flow, all of those things. And then, you know, you, you, you have to validate that. Obviously you and I had a great chat and I said, I kind of feel like this is what you're trying to achieve and this is what you're about. And I liked your writing style. And so that it made it that much more easy for me. And it would just, you know, for you and I, I think it worked out great because it was pretty easy to pick up. I mean, your writing style is great in terms of the, the humility, but also, you know, that's kind of balanced with a confidence, I find. You know, you've achieved a lot of really cool things in your life. <laughs> Thank you. And it, it was a pleasure for me to read. And I thought, I think I can, you know, I can, I can pick this up pretty quickly. And it, that was one of the great projects, actually, actually for me, because it was, it was a, it, I felt like it was a good fit you and I, and that's not always the case. Sometimes, you know, people, I remember I had this client once where she said, you know, I want to sound like this and this and this and this. And I said, okay, I think I can pick that up. And I, I, I couldn't, like, I wasn't able to do it because I think that she was, she had this very specific thing in mind where it, yeah, it, it can be, a, it can be a huge challenge, but for you and I, it was not that. Well, I've, I've always believed in authenticity and it's certainly last 30 years or so, I'll put it that far. And I think that if I could kind of read between the lines of what you're saying, if someone's not being authentic, it's really hard for you to repeat that, to recreate that. If someone's being authentic, then you can get onto that and, and go with it. And, th and then they know what they want. Whereas I can imagine this other woman's trying, I keep looking for something that 
I don't know that she could ever find it because she's not being authentic to who she is and, and what she wants to do. She wants a particular message. And, you know, it's interesting. I don't, I read somewhat, but I've always liked the, the Jack Reacher novels. And I know what I'm going to get, okay? Or Louise Penny. I know what I'm going to get out of those two authors in a sense. And I'm absolutely fine with that because to me, I can just, I can get into it. I can connect with the characters that are in it and who they are. And it keeps it consistent. And I think that just, to me, sort of says, I can imagine that guy drifting around the U.S. and doing his thing. And I always liked the Eastern Townships. Craig, when my son went to school down there, and I used to do business down there. So I can I can feel like being there as a part of that, which is what Louise Penny writes about, this mythical place called Three Pines in Eastern Townships of Quebec. But it's consistent. And so I got the voice. I know what I'm going to get. And so it's enjoyable. If there's others I don't connect with, I, I I'm like you, I can't, I have a real hard time with that one. Agreed. Yeah. What about AI? What about the generative AI? We, the vernaculars are called the chat GPT or what they call large language models, LLM. One of the concerns I've had is they don't pick up voice. They sound very robotic, which is what they are. Mm -hmm. what are. What are you seeing in the last year or so since all of this is sort of broken out and being touted for doing writing? So. You know, I, th I think you're right. I mean, it's it's called AI. It's artificial intelligence, you know? And so what, what I say to people when they ask me this question is, I'm not so concerned about what AI is more so than, you know, what people think it can do. <laughs> because I think that people think it's just a blanket solution where they say, okay, I've got a blog to write or I've got, you know, an essay or whatever it is. And they feed it into AI and expect this thing to come out where they can just kind of submit it. And that's not what it is. We've, we've been hearing now from AI, you know, the experience is that there's hallucinations involved where there's a bit of a gap in the narrative and that just gets filled in with something that isn't necessarily accurate. And that's a huge price to pay if your name is on that. And that's a, that should be a massive concern to people. The facts aren't always there. The writing style tend to be robotic. Authenticity is lost. And also, Gary, the flair. I'm a traditionalist, as, as you are. And writing has to feel a certain way. And, I mean, AI is a machine, so you can't really fault it for not, you know, being able to emote. It absorbs things and it regurgitates them. So there isn't a lot of emotion involved in that. That's my concern. Yeah, well, it's interesting that I was just reading a little bit of it before we got on, and I noticed one of the lines says, "Well, you, it, people don't really align with assholes." I thought it probably wouldn't come up if that was that expression. Probably wouldn't have come up if it was an AI agent. They would have come up with something more flowery than that. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing too. I mean, I do coaching, as the audience pretty well knows, and I was in a workshop the other day, and I was it was kind of kind of dead, and I was getting pretty frustrated. And I finally, someone said. We have this expression, people say, fake it till they make it. I don't know if you've heard mm. that expression. Well, I said, well, of course, I definitely, everyone freaking well fakes it till they make it. That's just how it works because you make a commitment before you have the capability to do things, you know? Right. And, and it just the room just kind of broke up. And I was I was being really dramatic, being everything else because it wasn't being, I was being somewhat factual. We have this little expression, a coach called the four C's. And, you, and the first thing is you make a commitment, then you go through courage, get capability, and then you have confidence. So the thing is, when people make a commitment to do something that they've never done before, they are faking it mm. because we don't have the capability yet. What we are willing to do is have the courage to go through to be able to develop that capability. 
once you have that capability, you have confidence. So the point is when the person says, well, I always fake it, you know, do it. And of course you fake it. You have to, because one thing about entrepreneurs or writers, they make a commitment to do something before they have the full capability of doing it. And now I just watch, you know, you have to go through the courage. Okay. I've got to take my Saturdays. So I've got to take something else. I've got to go through the courage that I can write this. Hopefully people will like it. Hopefully people will buy it. Hopefully it'll, the message will come out and you get things back like you did from, from Paraguay. But when you've done that, you have a capability. So when you've done it once or twice, you have capability. And that brings about a confidence. What we don't think about is that that confidence level, we just becomes normal for us. That's a norm. And we move on from there. So I think of, when I think of this whole writing side of things, someone has to make that commitment and has to go through the courage and say, they may not know what they're doing, but yeah, quotes, we are going to fake it till we put it out there and got it done. That's a fantastic point, Gary, because as you were saying that, I was thinking about speaking and you know how terrified people can be of you know speaking in front of a crowd. And that model directly applies to that. Now, I, I just emceed this golf tournament last weekend and I had to go up in front of you know 150 people and thought nothing of it. But then, you know, people are like, oh my God, I'm such a, I'm such a nervous speaker. And, and, but it's funny because as you go through that, you're so far away from that, that this is just kind of run of the mill stuff for you. And it kind of made me laugh a little bit. I'm like, wow, I used to be a, a nervous speaker as well. But that model, you're absolutely right. It applies to a lot of aspects. Yeah. And, you know, I've got a workshop to do later this week and it'll be 33 new people, which I haven't done one. I've always had people who've been around the program for quite a while. And I will be anxious when I go in there, but I've probably done 75 or 80, what they call number one workshops, maybe a hundred, I don't know now in my, in the course of my 28 years. So I can never practice what I'm going to say. These are the kinds of things I want to talk about. And when mm -hmm. I get in there, it'll, I'll just totally react to whatever those 33 people give me that day from what your experience is because you've got that experience like you did, you talked to a speaker, you've got that experience. So yeah, there's some things I have to communicate, but beyond that, you can't, you can't prepare for it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a nice feeling. You know, I was thinking also as it applies to writing with story four, you get approached with all manner of projects, right? Yeah. So the, and I think I, I talked to you about this before somebody came to me and said, can you write an ebook on the digital transformation of the mining industry? And I said, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to turn down the word. So, oh, Perfect. I, you know, I was like, we're doing the research and going, oh my God, what did I sign up for here? And, and by the end, I mean, I figured it out and it worked out great. So there's your model again. Like it just, I, I thought, like, I remember sending that off and like, oh my God, like, I, I can't believe that this worked out so fortuitously, but it did. Well, you know, it's, I think it's attributed to Steve Jobs as that creativity is just connecting things. And so, you know, you, what you did is somebody said, well, they got this idea and said, how can we do an ebook about mining? And you said, okay, how do I connect those pieces together? What do I put in place? Because I'm sure it's never been done before. Mm -hmm. When you were looking for it, it wasn't like you can pull somebody else's manuscript out there and do it. It had never been done before. So that's why writing is actually such a creative exercise because you're just connecting the dots, you're connecting things that people hadn't connected. It's not that each one of those ideas is unique. It's just that how we put them together is what's really valuable. Sure. Hey, so one, one last thought for us here is I've, I've said 
long before you and I got together, and I'm an engineer by training, so I just put that out there. And I said, why writing? And I said, well, writing's the only thing that stands the test of time. Everything else crumbles. Buildings crumbles, societies, businesses, all those things crumble. But writing is the one thing that can endure, you know, life after life and century after century. And that's always attracted to me about writing. So, I mean, your, your thoughts on, on my idea in that respect. I completely agree. I One of the thoughts, it's funny that you say that, one of the thoughts when I, I remember holding my first book in my hand, the, the publisher sends it to you, a box of the you know preliminary copies, and I thought, this is going to outlive me. You know, this this is this is my legacy. This is cool, you know, because in, in years long after I'm gone, hopefully, you know, people will be able to go into a library and see this and say, wow, this is pretty interesting, you know? And that's true. That that will endure. I think that's fantastic. And I, you know what? I appreciate you saying that. I hadn't thought about that. I mean, I did think about the first one that I wanted to write about the first 15 years in China. And what happened was, is now that it's gone on, because it's now been 30 years since, almost since that period of time, is that it's okay, but it also becomes dated in some respects. So I think it's really important, like what you've written, how people think about music and how they feel about music. That's not going to be dated. That's 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 just human interaction, and I really I really like the idea that becomes part of the legacy. I'm I'm hoping this one, which I blink, will be called Agile. We're we're debating between a couple of titles. Agile Future is the one we started out with hindsight to foresight, but we're thinking about Agile Future now. So as this podcast gets out, we'll probably have it decided. And I wrote it during the pandemic, partway and part of it after, and then let it sit for two years. Mm-hmm. I thought, right, I'll read it again. And if it still, as I call, holds water, still has a good message, I'll go forward with it, which is what I did. I read it again, and then I got in touch with you because it made sense. Because it, if it couldn't stand that, if it couldn't stand that change in time over that couple of years, it wasn't worth it. It was, it was an exercise. I'm glad I did it, but it wasn't, it wasn't worth pursuing it because it wouldn't have. The pandemic was such a situation and such a change. And when you, I was talking about how to learn from your past. To create the future you've dreamed of, if you couldn't, if it couldn't make it through that period, it wasn't worth it. It, it wasn't. It wasn't really any more wisdom. It was just Gary's thoughts and ideas put down on a page, and you know, I could say those things, and people forget about them right after I say it, and it would be all right too. So, be, so, but it did. It 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 holds up. So, I think it really is very much your legacy in that side of it. Yeah, no, and I think that a lot of the content in your book, Gary, kind of lives on perennially as well, because there's great messages in there, right? It's not like they would have a best before date on them. I just think that that's also a great legacy for you, because there were great ideas in that book that will, not so many, it's not even, they're almost life lessons, you know? I mean, it's, the, the great thing about your book was that it wasn't just kind of work practices. It was life practices. And I think that that's, that's kind of the, the charm in your book for me. And I think a lot of people will find that too when they read it. So, you know, it will certainly live on. There's no question of that. Cool. So what advice do you have for aspiring writers now? I mean, we've ta- you've talked about the challenges and how you got going and I did. What would you tell somebody if they were thinking about it, putting a, writing a book, putting it together? What do they have to do? Set the expectation bar very low. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Now, <laughs> develop a thick skin is the first thing that I would say, because the thing that's sad, I find, is that people say, hey, I want to write a book. But writing a book is, is not easy. It's a difficult thing. And and the sad aspect of that, Gary, is that when you, you've done all that work and then it's time to put the book out, that's the hard part. Because oftentimes publishers, you know, if they get back to you at all, get back to you with negative responses. And so you just have to really believe in yourself, develop a thick skin and put it out there and, you know, do your best work. And I'd say something that you had said earlier, but I'll put it out here, is I said, you need to believe in your message and that mm -hmm. your message is not just self-serving, but serves other people as well. And and you, you did it because you saw a void that you felt, but you also believe that other people felt the same void when you wrote. And I think that's really, that's something, if we, we can write just for ourselves, that's one thing. But I think if we can write for other people and what value we bring to them, I think it, there's far more energy and far more momentum and motivation for it. I agree. That's a good point. If you can anticipate, you know, people's kind of, you know, interest level in the connectivity of what you're doing, then you're halfway there. Yeah. And that was one thing that I really tried to do. I mean, you have to stay true to yourself and what you're thinking, but I, I was thinking the same thing, but you know, millions of other people were thinking as, as high school kids who were into music and, you know, it was the groundswell and they knew that people would be able to identify with it and connect with it. So. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And I really appreciated that. So a little bit more about Story for and how people can reach you. How can we, how can we do that and help promote you and your work because you've done a great job for us. So maybe a little bit more about Story for and how's the best way to reach Brent Jensen? Thank you. You can reach me through info at storyfora.com. The website is storyfora.com. So that's S-T-O-R-Y-P-H-O-R-A-P-H, not F. And if you Google Brent Jensen or No Sleep Till Sudbury, you'll be able to find me and then you can just kind of connect the dots. But storyfora.com, uh, brentjensenmusic.com is my other website. And I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn under Brent Jensen. And your podcast is No Sleep Till Sudbury. I like that. No Sleep Till Sudbury. Yeah. And uh, you've had a couple people on that I know, so that is great to see that that yeah. made those connections. So Chris Eisen did a great job. Did yeah, Chris, my brother-in-law, and and also Duncan. Duncan Fromlin. Duncan Fromlin. Duncan was amazing, and Duncan Duncan says, hey, Duncan actually came to the house, and Duncan played. Duncan is a fantastic musician, plays banjo, and sat right behind me here on this couch that you can see, and played some great songs. Yeah. Anyway, so Brent, thank you very much. The other thing I have the great pleasure to say is that come the new year in 2023, Brent has agreed to interview me on the book, hopefully, if we call it Agile Future, on the chapters that are there. And I'm really delighted that we're going to turn the tables and he's going to interview me for the, and we'll do some short podcasts on each one of the book to help get the story behind the story. And he's asked me if I wanted to know any of the questions. He says, no, don't. Just hit me with it. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out from there. So... It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to having the tables turned on me, but your support has been awesome for me and I really appreciate that. So I look forward to continuing this as the, the next few months go on. So Brent, any last words for our audience today? No, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great experience up to now and I look forward to what we're going to do in the future. Thank you, Gary. Awesome. Me too, because this is not my last book, by the way. So hang in there. <laughs> All right. Thank you. And to everyone thank out you. there. Thank you, Brent. To all of my audience out there, till next time, please stay safe and stay healthy.